Anytime, any place, I'll kick Lou Holtz's ass. And welcome back, everybody. We are now on episode six of the Man in the Middle podcast. We got a special one coming for you today as the boys are all over the country today. Um, we got Liam holding it down on the West Coast, whereas Nick is back to the boys' original hometown in Calgary, Alberta. I'm still in Toronto. Nick, how, how is it back in uh, Alberta conservative country? Blue and cold. There's this thing called snow that you don't deal with on the West Coast. And um, after living out there for four years, you kind of forget how much this stuff fucking sucks. It's cold. Um, one thing I do not miss at all is fucking scraping the windshield before you have to drive anywhere. Holy fuck, that's the worst. But and Sleeping it, guy, what's it like out on the West Coast? Still pissing rain? No, it's actually cleared up today. It's a, it's a, it's a balmy seven degrees out there. Uh, I went for a nice walk up the trail this morning with a few furry friends of mine. And... Uh, just happy, happy to be out here where there's no snow and there's no lockdown. Beast, how's life in the six? Well, I mean, you know, we're really getting locked down. Cases are, cases are really on the rise. So it's, uh, it's tough to do anything these days, especially when it's getting colder. But again, it's not as cold as it uh, usually is in Alberta. So I'm not going to complain. Like we had 20 degree weather last week. So I uh, can't, can't complain too much. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's like three to four degrees out here and all the locals are in t-shirts i've got fucking three layers and long johns underneath it's like Man, a I, cold out there too which is the weird thing right it like hurts almost so. i'm just i'm not climatized to this nonsense anymore i had th- i had three jackets and long johns and two pairs of socks on today so yeah well that, your socks that's are socks, so that surprises nobody you guys have both gotten soft remember when we used to go out play football in minus 10 in a t-shirt because um, I know I never did that. I remember playing sledding football in the minus thirty, yeah. risking our lives. But uh, well, I mean, some of us are tougher than others. I also had to. I also couldn't carry the ball. I would f- had big fumble problems anytime I wore long sleeves. So, so that was that was my biggest uh, reason for always wearing the the short sleeves. But anyway, speaking, like of, speaking of football. Uh, another wild week in the NFL, um, but we got to start, I think, with maybe one of the craziest endings, the craziest plays. Everybody's talking about it, and I'm, of course, talking about the Daniel Jones read option for a touchdown. <laughs> but no, we're talking about the new catch, the Kyler heave at the end of the Cardinals-Bills game. So I'll throw it to you guys. Like, was that the most impressive? Hail Mary catch you guys have ever seen? Like, I know we've seen some some ones in the past few years, with especially from our boy Aaron Rodgers. I know you guys love him, but I think that's the most impressive one I can remember seeing. What about you guys? Well, there's only one Hail Mary that comes to mind when I think of Hail Marys, and that would be the Fail Mary on a fabled Monday night game against the Packers. Russell Wilson dropped back to pass. He went up to the end zone. And I believe Jermaine Curse caught it for sure and then the Packers guy grabbed it 
which led to the signal of touchdown and touchback at the same time. Controversy ensued, and once again, the Seahawks prevailed over the Packers. So while the, while the Hail Mary was great, the Fail Mary is number one in my heart. I asked Beauty her most impressive, not, uh, not the stupidest, but anyway, yeah. we'll go to the beauty, man. We've, I've happily forgotten the replacement refs era. That was a complete freaking disaster. No, this was, I mean, you got to give it to Nuke. Like he, he said it was well played by Tredavious White and the other two members of the Bills defense. But as he put it, just a better catch by eye. Cocky, but I liked it. <laughs> I know Megatron had a catch very similar a few years back. But this was, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. The kicker in this game was that it wasn't just that last play. I mean, the Cardinals were down two scores the entire game. They came all the way back. The Bills stole it at the end, and I was running through the cave celebrating because I had them in a big money line parlay. But that play Kyler made to just that little shimmy, the little shake, and a flick of the wrist for 50, it's the easiest $180 I've ever lost. Just fun to watch. Yeah, it, it cooked some of the boys' parlays, but – it was just such an incredible play. How can you get really mad at it? Even though it also fucked the Rams and Seahawks and the NFC West standings. But I gotta, I gotta say, like, what do you think Bill O'Brien was thinking watching it? Do you think, do you think part of him's just like at this point he's like, fuck it, I hope Nuke becomes the greatest receiver of all time, and I just go down as maybe the stupidest GM in history. Like at least he'll be remembered for something. Or do you think he's still kicking himself for that decision? Maybe he'd still have a job if the Texans kept Nuke. Well, I feel like he hasn't – he just won't admit his wrongdoing. His nickname was Teapot in New England because he's known to blow his lid. So I'd, I just – I like to think back to the moment when, when Nuke talked some shit about him and in that split second he just decided, all right, this guy's fucking done. We're going to trade him for a bag of cash and a washing machine to Arizona here. But, I mean, proof's in the pudding. You, you paid for what you got for Arizona. It's paying off right now. Yeah, no, yeah. The Texans look real good right now, right? Yeah, they beat um, Jacksonville this year, so that's <laughs> so glad. So glad that I was gonna bet on them this weekend until I had a pre-call, pre-Sunday call with the beauty man, and he he told me the two teams that the Texans have beat. Oh wait, they've only beaten one team, and both <laughs> both wins are the Jags. So so that was that got me off them real quick. Well, the beauty man was handing out winners on Sunday morning, and uh, I feel like we should also talk about some losers here, and that would be my Seattle Seahawks. Um, <laughs> losing in the most unfortunate of fashions to the Beast is formerly St. Louis Rams. Um, what more can I say other than Russell Wilson has taken his MVP candidacy and lit it on fire? Um, that was brutal, especially that pass in the end zone to Disley, I believe, or maybe it was Olsen Nick. Um, I had a big rant on the deck a few nights ago. The beauty man was there to witness it about how awful that play was and that maybe it was the most upsetting play I've ever seen in the history of my fan life. And you just hate to see what's happened in Seattle, and you even hate to see DeAndre Hopkins catching that ball in the end zone to put the Seahawks to third in the division going into a crucial showdown tomorrow night in Seattle where, as I mentioned to the beauty man earlier this week, we are without the great equalizer, the 12th man. Boys, I'm officially pushing the panic button on my team this is awesome to hear because two weeks ago you were boasting about the one seed advocating to bring back fans for the playoffs because you guys got thought you're going to the ship two weeks later panic buttons out love to hear it i'd like just quick note for the listeners at home the seattle seahawks defense is on pace 
to break the record for most passing yards allowed in NFL history by a mere thousand yards this season. So good job, Seahawks. You Keep guys, the Legion of Whom. Do you guys put any any stock in the fact that yeah, Russ has been been shitty these past few weeks, but do you think? Part of it is just because he knows their defense is so bad that he just always has to chuck it. Like some of those decisions he made are just atrocious. We're just atrocious. Like that one, he threw it into the end zone. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. He could have ran and got the first down, but maybe he just thinks he has to score so many points. that He's just throwing it up. And like, don't get me the wrong. The Rams D I think is legit. Like, I think they're a top three unit, top five unit for sure in the league. But yeah, if, if, Russ is anything but perfect. They can't win games. So I, I don't like their chances in the playoffs at this point. Well, I think you, you nailed it, Cal. I mean, he's not only does he think that, he's fully aware that if he doesn't put up 30 to 35 points on a weekly basis, they have no chance of competing to win that game. Yeah, but I think you guys are also missing one important piece of the Seahawks offense, and that would be a competent – a competent run, a competent running game. The Seahawks were previously five zero, and now they are six and three without him in the lineup. So you got to look at that. And I mean, with the passing defense, the Seahawks play in maybe one of the most democratic stronghold states in America, and they're just setting the right example by social distancing from receivers all season. So I think the and NFL should, should take note of what we're doing back there. And honestly, it makes for some entertaining football, which. Which means probably the over is looking a little tasty on Thursday night. I know it's about fifty-seven and a half, but. If you're a man like me, that's nothing. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always would bet the over in Seahawks games because, you know, especially Seahawks Cardinals games because they're always fucking crazy. They're always just insane, except except the one that ended 6-3. Uh, let's hope that doesn't ever fucking happen again because that was well, – that, that was the craziest. <laughs> like, there was two missed game-winning field goals from within 30 yards in the last three minutes. All right, well, I, I, I can live without ever seeing a 6-3 game again. But that brings us to the most, of, most exciting division in football. And, of course, I'm talking about the NFC East. Boys, are the Giants the new favorite to win the NFC East? I think they have to be. Who else, who else has beaten them? Not the Eagles, that's for sure. Not, doesn't, certainly doesn't look so. Like, what more of an advantage did the Eagles need this week to come back and steal that game? Coming off a bye, everyone's healthy, and they still blew it. I mean, think back a couple of weeks ago, the first time they played, the Giants pissed that opportunity away. Joe Judge has got the boys playing incredibly hard. If Danny Dimes can only turn it over three times a game, I feel like they got a really good chance to win the division, but time will tell. Yeah, Joe Judge is a fighter on and off the field, um, as evidenced today by his fight with his offensive line coach, which immediately led to the firing of said offensive line coach. So you, you can't say that he he isn't going to back down, but I think we're talking about the NFC, so we can talk about the Dallas Cowboys. So they're coming off a bye this week, and they're still right in the mix in the NFC East, uh, right there with Maybe a bit of the Washington football team showing some signs of life with Alex Smith checking it down at quarterback. But I'm writing off the Eagles. I'm sick of that. I think they're an absolute mess. Um, we said weeks ago that we thought Carson Wentz was the most competent quarterback in that, in that division. And I just think he's playing awful this year. I'm, I'm really disappointed in that. And I'm, I'm selling the Eagles. I'm not betting on them anymore. They've screwed me too many times. There can only be so many 
times we can give Carson Wentz the excuse that he's got no weapons, no offensive line. Like I feel, I feel like, yeah, he has had those problems in the past, but at some point he's, he's got to be better. And maybe Colin Coward was right. Like maybe he's not the guy. I, I don't know. It's, I thought he was honestly, especially after his first year. And then in the, then in the second year, he was playing at an MVP level until of course he, blew up his knee and then Nick Foles came in and saved the day. But uh, it's, it's a, it's a little scary if I'm a Philly fan. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the Eagles future there, Nick. He's just got, I, I just don't understand. He refuses to ever give up on a play. You know, I, I respect his grit and he, he can definitely make some plays back there. However, at some point, like, like just live to see the next down. I mean, we don't have to reverse field twice and then throw it up to three people and just, maybe it's a little bit of the same syndrome that Russ has got going on right now. He's just, he's just trying to do a little too much. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've, we've been talking about the NFC East for way too long here, but as it is, someone is going to have to win that division. What, what yeah. game? Give me, give me the record that wins it. The Eagles have a tie, but how many wins wins that division? I'm going with six. Yeah, I, I uh, think six. Over under set six and a half. Where are you guys rolling? Oh, I'd probably go under. I was going to say a, a five win team could maybe even win it, boys. Like, <laughs> I don't think the, there's never been a team with less than seven wins to make the playoffs. For no other reason than I would love to see that happen. I'm going to take the under on that six and a half. Okay, here's here's another hypothetical for you guys. If you're an NFC team this year, would you rather be the fifth seed than the second or third seed? Because let me let me point this out to you right now. So right now, the number two seeded Bucks would host the Seattle Seahawks in the first round, whereas whereas the number Number fifth, the, the fifth seed would go to whoever won the NFC East with no fans, like ha- no fans, limited fans. Like, I don't think any team's going to be full capacity. Like, why wouldn't you want the fifth seed over the second or third? Can you guys tell me any reason why they wouldn't? I like the home cooking personally, but even with um, no well, it's nice to sleep in your own bed before a big game. Um, but I, I will say, though, it would be nice to maybe have to travel. And, like, could you imagine playing Andy Dalton on the road in a playoff game and losing? Yeah. I think that that's just right up. I no, know, I can't because it'll never happen. Yeah, that's true. I also I think it would be the Seattle Seahawks going to the Saints, who are the number two seed, and the Bucks would go to the Eagles right now. Like, you got to like that matchup more if you're the Bucks. Like, the Seahawks, while, yeah, we think they might be fraud, still, still a little scary more than the Eagles at least. No, definitely. However, this we're still talking this helps you for one round. Like yeah, you get a wild card round, maybe you get a slightly easier matchup if you go on the road to play whoever's hosting the game in the NFC least. Yeah. However, you turn around the divisional round conference championship, you're going to have to beat the best of the best anyway, so you might as well just kick it off at the beginning. Well, but you could also make the argument that if you have to beat the best of the best in the divisional round regardless why not give yourself an easier uh easier wild card matchup because i feel like the divisional matchups are going to be like a pick them like the both teams are going to be tough but 
Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting debate, especially with no fans. If there were fans, of course, yeah, you want the home. But with no fans, maybe? Like, it's an interesting topic. But um, lastly, we just, before we get to our power rankings and talk about the good teams, we got to talk about that Monday night game. And are the oh. Bears the, the boringest team that we've ever watched? Because uh, it was pretty bad. They had a kick return for a touchdown, and that was still one of the boringest football games I've ever watched. Like, are we ready to cancel the Bears? It's safe to say the Bears gave up on the season at, um, at the one point when they muffed that punt. They had the Vikings right where they wanted them. They were up 13-7. to They were getting the ball back. Uh, I could see Nick Foles finally putting together a somewhat competent drive, and he just muffed that punt, put the Vikings right back in the game, cooked the beauty man and I's bets. And I have to say, I, the Bears' offense was god-awful. I think they had, what was it, Callum? Two or three first downs in the second half? Yeah. <laughs> it was, they like, had 149 like, total yards of offense in the game. How do you do that in, these, in these, this day of the NFL? Well, you have Matt Nagy as your head coach. Fortunately, he's been listening to the podcast, and he fired himself as OC. However, unfortunately, still didn't fucking work. But yeah. – Man, I just – the Bears, they're so good on, on defense and on special teams, and they're so completely inept on offense that I just don't understand. I just I, – I can't understand. I can't. Wow. Uh, I think Matt Nagy's got to be worried about the sack at some point here. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. He's, you, you, can't, you can't fire yourself as OC, put up a – 160 yards total offense in a loss to a division matchup for your third straight week and expect to have your job going into the next season. Yeah. yeah Ryan Pace has got to be a little, a little worried too. The Mitch, the Mitch trade is really coming back to bite them. They went well, all, they went all in. And... You know, they only, they only traded the farm to skip, skip up and then uh, pass on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some good teams because we've talked about some bad teams enough. So, Let's get into uh, this week's power rankings. Why don't we start with the beauty man this week? I feel like uh, everyone's waiting to hear what uh, you, you've got to say. Where are the bucks on your power rankings? Because they were back in a, in a big way this week. Oh, yeah. Were they ever? All right. Beauty man's power rankings. Been saying it all season. Be the champs. You got to beat the champs. I really didn't like how Pittsburgh looked against that Cowboys team. They are going to run out of gas. So the Chiefs remain as number one on this week's power rankings as Andy Reid and company get a W on the bye for about the 20th straight season. At number two, we got the Steelers looking as tough as ever with Uncle Ben Roethlisberger leading the charge. But with great power comes great responsibility. And my spidey senses are telling me that the Steelers are really going to need that bye to fend off KC in January. At number three, the Bucks are back. Brady looking as good as ever, and A.B. slowly integrating himself on the offense spells bad news for the rest of the NFC. Holding down the spot at number four, the Saints falling one spot as down goes easy breezy Drew. Hide the crab legs, ladies and gentlemen, because Jameis Jameis is back. Everyone's favorite turnover waiting to happen gets his Teddy B opportunity. Until I see it, I refuse to believe it. So they dropped to number four pending further notice. And hey, Beast, any idea where, um, where Marcus Mariota is playing this week? Or we finally settle that one. I'm going to take the W there. No, they're both backups. 
Hey, but who's playing this weekend? Who's going to get a contract next season? Uh, what does Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and Jared Goff have in common? They all kill it in La La Land. Last and certainly least, the Rams coming in at number five. On the fast turf, they look nearly unstoppable with an emerging defense. They make the first appearance in my power rankings, and I fully expect them to drop out of the top ten after Goff gets blitzed in submission on Monday Night Football in Tampa Bay. Um, question. No, no Packers there who are the, currently the number one team in the NFC. In the NFC. What yeah. is that? Well, um, in the past four weeks, I've watched them roll a Niners team who wasn't prepared to play, lose to a Vikings team who doesn't belong inside the top 15, and barely, barely fend off a Jags team at home. They look like they did last year where we're, we can all tell that there's talent and they got Rodgers, but it's just, it's not completely right. I, I think they're frauds. All right. I was just wondering. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a fair take. I was just, I just, who they beat? Curious. What, what's the Packers best victory this year? I don't even know. The Saints? Yeah. Did they beat the Saints early? Yeah, they beat the Saints early, but I don't know. I mean, Saints. yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, like end of September. Yeah, week three. It was like week week three. So the season's still too fresh at that point to get a, a clear right. gauge on where everyone's at. No, I, I, I think I don't... Aaron Rodgers is out in full force, and I'm not believing. All right, sleeping Honorable guy. Honorable mention the Bills, though. Sleeping guy, welcome welcome back. Uh, we we are all excited <laughs> after, a, after a big Thursday night loss from your Tennessee Titans. They have yet not to be on the top five for you this year. So the, the, the listeners are wondering, are the Titans still in your top five? No, they're not. Oh. And uh, it's, yeah, no, there's been, there's been a big shakeup first and foremost. I have to say well done on the power rankings to the beauty, man. Those are some great boomer, boomer jokes you had in there. But let's get started with the sleeping guys. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> we... Okay, we, we lost the sleeping guy mid – this guy's trying to do the Zoom through his phone, so we lost him mid uh, power rankings. So I'll well, just you – know, You know what? We can go through his um, for him at number one. He's probably got the Seahawks at number two, most likely the Dolphins. I believe the Steelers will come in at three or four, followed by the Chiefs. And I know he said he wasn't going to have the Titans in there, but if I was a bet man, I'm going to throw the Titans at five. Listen, guy, quit, quit trying to watch porn on your phone while you're on the pod, you know? Man, I was getting a phone call, and it kicked me out. I'm, I'm new to the Zoom, okay? I have you're, not, to- you're not that popular. We are your only two friends. I know you've got the Pornhub icon in the background. Just focus up and give the people what they want. The Sleeping Guy's Power 5. All right, the Sleeping Guy's Power 5. We're right back to it. Number one. For the third or the fourth week in a row, who's counting? Stollers. Another impressed performance over Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I re-listened to the segment we had last week, and we all assumed he was covering, and the Steelers absolutely stopped. We can't hear you anymore. Well, you're killing it with the technical <laughs> support. What is we can't, you guys can't hear, can you hear me now? You got to make sure you're speaking into the microphone. Speak into the mic. You're like Billy Football. Are these power rankings or a Verizon commercial? No, I cannot hear you now. Wow, I'm having so many issues with this. Well, it's not like we didn't call you out before the pod. <laughs> can, can we hear me now? 
Yeah, there. Better. All right. Well, like, frick, can I get going on the power keys now? Okay. All right. For the fourth time, <laughs> give us your power rankings. Well, at number one, for the third of the fourth consecutive week, we've got the Pittsburgh Stullers. Another impressive performance being the Bengals and making us all three of us look like fools for just assuming that Joey was going to cover. He did not. He got stomped. And number two, we have the Kansas City Chiefs finally earning my respect, I assume, this year, all the way up to number two in my power rankings. I'm not going to admit any past regrets about maybe not including them. I'd like to think that they've, they've really come on throughout this season <laughs> at, at eight and one. At number three, the best team in the NFC, the miracle maker, Arizona Cardinals. Oh my God. A little bit of an outside-the-box pick. Did I have the stat in my notes that said they could potentially be four and five if two magical plays hadn't gone their way in the last two weeks? Yes, but I'm also the king of controversy. So the Cardinals remain at three. They are the most impressive team in the NFC right now. Number four, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They could be the best in the NFC, but I don't forget what they did on Sunday night a few weeks ago. They were an absolute abomination. Maybe the, one of the worst football performances I've ever seen. They did get their mojo back against Teddy Bridgewater, but I'm still not that big of a believer in the Bucs at this current point in time. And ladies and gentlemen, at number five, the Raiders. The Raiders at six and three are in my power rankings. I'm starting to believe in what John Gruden is doing in Las Vegas. I like their defense, and I think they've got the formula for winning in December and January with that power running game and Derek Carr not throwing the ball more than 15 yards down the field. Dishonorable mention, once again, we have the Packers who are never allowed to be ranked again for me after what they've done to me this season. And an honorable mention, the Seahawks. <laughs> you. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting ranking. So far, the Packers not in either, either buddy's uh... – anybody's power five but we have a we have woge bomb breaking woge bomb everybody the 76ers are trading al horford and a first round and second round pick to the thunder for danny green what are yeah i know what are the the thunder are just gonna have every first round pick for the next eight years it seems like i don't under, i don't understand how danny green is worth that much maybe just to get al horford's contract off hey yeah, is that they're just dumping Al's contract? Because no. No. Jesus Christ. We'll get to that well, in, our, eat, in our NBA. Just but I had, to, I had to update the boys. Um, I'll do mine quickly here. Number one, Chiefs still. Had them there for the last eight, seven weeks. I think, that's, I think they're the best team still. Steelers, number two, same as you guys. And number three, I've got to go with the Saints. I know that things are looking a little more shaky now with uh, old man Drew out, but we'll see. We'll see how they look. Number four, I'll put the Bucks. That offense looked pretty great. Their defense has been given up a bit more these days. So big Monday night showdown between the Bucks and the Rams. Pretty excited for it. Going to be going to show us a lot about both sides. And then at number five, I'll put the Packers in there. I mean, I. I know I'm I'm higher than on Aaron Rodgers than both of you, but um, I still like what him and uh, him and Devonte are, are doing. They're getting Alan Lazard back because uh, Rodgers is another good weapon. So I'll put the Packers there. 
Um, honorable mention to the Rams. I probably would have them six, but uh, their defense is flying high. So that's, uh, that's it for our NFL coverage. But let's get into the biggest, biggest event from arguably the biggest event from last weekend and the Masters. And we can officially say, suck it, Bryson. Uh, nice. Nick, Nick, how good did that make you feel that he said he was playing as a 67 and he barely make, made the cut and finished way behind the leaders? I think the sweetest moment of the weekend for me was on Sunday watching him fire a 73 alongside the ageless wonder Bernard Langer, who can barely poke it out there 215, and he – he put a 71 down on the card, so maybe distance doesn't cure all. Hey, big boy. It was good to see. I'm, I mean, would have been better if Tiger was in the mix. Um, only downfall of the week is that um, turns out it was a par 67 because DJ just fucking cruised around, breaking Masters records left, right, and center. Fortunately, it was held in November. It was soft. It was wet. And there's an asterisk where I come from. I hope um, all the past champions enjoyed their sandwiches at Nick in April at the champions dinner. Um, what, what I was going to say is I really thought after Thursday, Tiger was going to win it all. I really, <laughs> I really believed it. And then he goes out on Sunday and has a, a B special and a 10 on a par three. I, I never thought I'd see my favorite golfer, golfer of all time and arguably the greatest of all time have a 10, but just shows, just shows how, you, how difficult the game is, hey? You know, everyone's human. It's his first in over, I think, 12,000 career holes played on the PGA Tour. And then, well, I'll just set the scene for you here, folks. I mean, we're obviously at Augusta National. He's the defending champion, five-time winner. Steps off on the 12th Golden Bell and dumps in the drink, proceeds to dump in the drink again, thins it out of the back bunker, back into the drink, and then he walks to the 13th tee, known as the loneliest tee shot in all of golf. Coming off his first double-digit figure in his PGA Tour career. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is what makes Tiger the greatest of all time, because if he were a mere mortal like the rest of us, he would have continued to implode, but as a walking deity, <laughs> the real-life goat, the guy fucking birdied five of his last six holes to come in on an absolute tear. I mean, the mental fortitude, I got to give him props for that. The 10 was ugly, but the closing stretch was, was more impressive to me than what DJ did. So, suck it. <laughs> I was about to say, it's nice that we've been talking about the Masters for five minutes and are yet to actually mention who the winner is. Uh, that would be Dustin Johnson. Well, you, you mean Paulina Gretzky's husband? Yes. Yeah, who once again proves that partying and doing drugs will lead you places in life um it was good to see dj getting a win at the masters mostly because it just wasn't patrick reed or bryson dechambeau they could both suck it um i quite enjoyed the coverage that i watched on thursday morning in between the three-hour nap i had with the beauty man in the basement it did get off to a rocky start with that weather delay which uh, i was pretty pissed off about forcing me to go back to sleep at 5 a.m um so hopefully the masters can get that sorted out for april that would be nice to see if everyone in the butler cabin could put their heads together and get the schedule figured out for me but all in all a great way to end off my interest in golf for the next few months i was yeah. gonna, i was gonna say sleeping guy rate your rate your masters naps on sunday out of 10 you know 
Uh, a, a zero out of ten because I was working during the day, so I actually got to watch most of the final round, yeah. which was good. Yeah, no, it's Over, probably I can, actually. I can attest that on Thursday we woke up for Tigers early tea time, five a.m. on the West Coast. Weather delay. Sleeping guy went back to sleep for three hours. I promptly woke him up when coverage resumed, where he joined me in the basement for about forty-five minutes. Fell asleep for two hours. Got up and decided to go to his room to nap for another three. Just a day in the life. I was awake in time for the Titans-Colts game. Oh, I know. You had to rally in time to go <laughs> for your walk so you could lose some money with me on Thursday Night Football. Oh, yeah, it was tragic. We really should have bet on the Masters. I'm really disappointed in myself, especially, especially betting against Bryson DeChambeau. I think that would have been a real money-making opportunity. Well, I hammered DJ's money line Saturday night because it was set in stone. Unfortunately, it was minus 180 at the time, but snuck it into a couple morning parlays and kicked off a great start to the gambling weekend. Imagine, imagine being DJ's son, and you you grow up, and your your dad is Dustin Johnson, and then your grandpa is who? Oh, Wayne Gretzky. A great one. What a life! What a life! Yeah. Um, you're just born to be an underachiever at that point. Yeah, kid's, kid's never going to lift a finger, and he'll be fine. Um, all right. Well, that, that, was, that was golf. We're, I'm already excited. What the hell was that noise? <laughs> the fucking sleeping guy's just ripping farts on the West I wasn't – no way. What the heck? I mean, I'm just getting blamed for everything. Well, you, 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 have, to, you have to take some of the blame for the – for the bad audio. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, stop. Dropping. I think it's just some bad audio. I think it's just some bad audio. I don't even know what's going on here. You, 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 you open the pod by saying he kicked the dogs out too, so you can't even frame them. Like you, exactly. That's your go-to. No, Brady's down here now. Brady's, Brady's right. It's Brady's right there. Brady's making some noises. Um, yeah, right, he's well, doing some grunting. We're excited to talk golf again back next April when the, when the Masters is back. Uh, what Nick, what is the golf schedule look like going forward here? Not a whole lot <laughs> this, this winter. Um, I think we're going to kick things back off. There's a wraparound season, obviously, so um, the grinders trying to maintain their cards will play for the next couple months, and the big boys will be back at the Sony in Maui off to Wailai on the big islands and uh, we'll see the big cat at, at Tory in January, most likely. All right. Right on. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch all our golf fans there. Let's, let's talk some NBA boys because tonight in about three hours from now, it's the NBA draft. Are you guys excited for it at all? Do you guys even know who's any of the big names other than outside the big three? Um, and if you had to put money on it, who is going number one? And I have to say that uh, I'm not very excited about the NBA draft for the first time in a while. I think it's a knock-on effect from the lack of March Madness and me having no idea who the depth guys are in the draft. And I think it's a general feeling that my Raptors are falling into a slide of mediocrity and that NBA is no longer on my radar at this point in time. But I am excited to see what LeVar Ball does on draft night. I think that's what the people are really most excited for. Um, I'm hoping that LaMelo falls out of like the top 10 and we get a panted rant on Colin Cowherd's talk show tomorrow. But I mean, the Warriors have the number two pick and they're looking to become a legitimate contender again. So if there are some storylines to follow, I'll definitely be checking the Twitter. And if I'm awake, I'll be watching the coverage. <laughs> if you're, 
if you're awake. Isn't it at like 5.30 your time? Like I said, if I'm awake, I'll be watching the coverage. <laughs> um, I'm, I think the thing I'm most interested about is what are the Warriors going to do at number two? I don't know. I mean, they're just set up so perfectly coming off that championship run. I know they got riddled with injuries down the stretch there, and the Raptors fell ass backwards into an NBA title. However, I think, I think Wiseman's a really good fit for him. I mean, what, what do you guys think? Beast, you're probably our best NBA insider. Are they going to make a selection or trade the pick? I mean, I, I've heard a lot of rumblings both. I've heard they're really looking to move down, but like what exactly they move down for? Because I, I think exactly what you said, Wiseman gives them what they kind of need, especially, especially you look at the big, the big team right now is the Lakers. Who do they have to stop Anthony Davis right now? Like, I guess Draymond, but I don't love that matchup for the Warriors. I think Draymond is – he's slowing down a bit. He can still get it done defensively and stuff, but he's slowing down a bit. And I would like that, that matchup for the Lakers with AD going up against Draymond. So, I think Wiseman's a good fit. He's pretty raw still. That's the only thing. But all they need him to do is protect the rim and – rim run from from end to end like those the splash brothers will be out there shooting so yeah literally his strength i mean money green's getting a little old and he's still probably a little bit more of a playmaker now than a defensive powerhouse so i i like i like anthony edwards i think he's got the highest ceiling coming out that's my opinion maybe lamella ball i just haven't seen enough of him but I have, uh, no, the, the balls are a cancer. Yeah. Um, but don't, just so don't do it. It's going to be exciting. We're probably going to get some big trades. Um, yeah. Well, Kellen, it's nice to say that you like the probable number one pick. So that's great. Some great, some great scouting you've been doing. Well, no, he's, there's no, there's no favorite. I don't think, I think Lamel is actually the favorite to go number one. So. Yeah, I, I think he is. I, I mean, Here's the scenario I see playing out. Minnesota takes LaMelo number one, and next season, Carl Anthony Towns is clamoring for a trade out of fucking Minnesota. So, uh, One name to watch, it'll, it'll probably he'll be around eight or nine, is Isaac Okoro from Auburn. I, I've, uh, I really like him. He's a, he's a good uh, small forward, a little stretch, little stretch guy, so... Keep an eye out for who takes him. I think he'll be a, he'll be a good piece going forward. Um, but moving on to some free agency, some the Bucks are going all in. Do you think they did enough to keep to convince Giannis to stay? I think a championship is the floor to keep Giannis around, and I give the Bucks' recent free agent moves a C minus. Mm. Don't, I just, don't. I mean, did they improve that much? They're kind of, uh, I don't know. I just, they ran into a hot heat team last year in the playoffs and they kind of looked flawed. Yeah. I don't think they fixed those issues with the recent acquisitions. I think they improved their starting lineup, but they lost a lot of depth. So that, that might hurt them. But I do think Drew Holiday is an improvement, especially offensively over Bledsoe. So, I don't know. And then Bogdanovich is – he's interesting. He's a good, good – another shooter for them. But uh, Sleeping Guy, you you a little worried about the Bucks in the East now or what? Well, I, th- I think that 
the, um, the move is good in terms of their standings in the East, but I don't think it moves the needle at all in terms of the matchup with the Lakers in the NBA Finals at this current point in time. Drew Holiday is a solid NBA player, but I don't think he – has he ever been an all-star beast? I don't think so. His most notable achievement is locking down Damian Lillard for a four-game first-round playoff series. It improves their roster, yes, but at the cost, I don't, I don't like the deal at all. I think they've really mortgaged their future, and if Giannis leaves at the end of next season, then that's just a team that would be irrelevant for literally a decade. It would be basically like another Cavs situation, which you can almost liken it to that they've sold all their assets, and now they're, they're stuck. They're stuck with that team, basically. So it's a championship or bust, as usual, for the Bucks. but I don't like the moves. I think the Heat are still right there in the East. You, you can't count out the Celtics. I heard they made a run at Drew Holiday, and they're looking to improve that roster. Maybe Hayward's not coming back. You don't know. It's, all, it's wide open in the NBA, and I think that we haven't talked about maybe the newest team in the East, the Brooklyn Nets, a new big three. Um, one less player for Steve Nash to coach on that team because the star players coach themselves. But I don't know, boys, what do you think? Do you think finally the, the all-star video game team will work in the NBA or are we kind of thinking that there's too many cooks in that kitchen? I'm definitely leaning with too many cooks in the kitchen because uh, my insider sources tell me this morning that KD's pushing hard to get his boy, James Harden, back in town. They can hit up the strip clubs together in Brooklyn. But um, the woke artist that is Kyrie Irving doesn't like sharing the basketball, and he's not too fond of James. So um, looks like turmoil already in Brooklyn. I imagine Steve Nash and Mike D'Antonio will have a lot of fun navigating that in the following few months. I sure hope Harden doesn't go to the Nets. Like, I just think that's – there'd be too much chaos. It would be bound to blow up. Like, it couldn't, couldn't work. Harden and Kyrie, they both – like, Durant at least proved maybe with the Warriors he could play off the ball and he didn't need the ball in his hands all the time. But Kyrie and Harden, that's, that's what they do. So I don't, think, I don't see that working at all. So I hope it doesn't, doesn't happen. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah. Go for well, it. to get to that point right there, I think that uh, to harken back to our younger days, the mix is completely off when you put those three together while each on their own, they are a potent substance that can – Caused great times and many victories on the NBA court. Um, I just think if there's one guy you want to have the ball, it's Kevin Durant, and the two lesser players are going to be the two to dominate. It's just. Oh, for fuck's sake. Just not (laughs) as we lose them again. I don't know, man. I think that there's a side of me that kind of thinks, I mean, just what kind of offense are they going to run in Brooklyn? I don't know if I see Steve Nash fully buying into D'Antoni's everyone stand on the perimeter and watch James Harden and, and Kyrie dribble it between their legs until they drive and kick it out to Katie and the sleeping guy's back. <laughs> Welcome. I have no idea what's going on with this thing. It's that's that time it just kicked me out. Yeah. Wow. Well, there's a common denominator on these um, connection issues and it's you. So um, I know. I know. Hey, boys, boys, the rumors of Westbrook straight up for John Wall. Who wins that trade, or they're just losers? <laughs> yeah, I think every everybody loses. I I'm hoping the the Wizards don't do it. I want one more one more one more season of cheering for the Wizards to get in the playoffs as the sixth seed, and then Ugh. lose a close first round matchup. That's, that's just like that's just like trading a lump of coal for a lump of coal. Honestly, at this point, that's about their peak. 
Um, well, that's uh, that's uh, their uh, their big our big sports talks for this week. We're we're getting into the man in the middle debate, and uh, shame on the sleeping guy and beauty man because they they didn't come up with a topic for this week. But luckily, I'm the new star of the show, myself, I'm dubbing <laughs> the star of the show, came up with a segment for everybody. So we're gonna talk pretenders, contenders in the NFL. So taking out some of the, the teams that are obviously contenders, the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Bucks, the Packers. I think those five, every, maybe you guys could debate the Packers. Maybe, I'll, maybe actually I'll throw the – we'll start with the Packers. Our, for Super Bowl contenders, pretenders, I want you – I'm going to give you guys teams. You're going to give me whether they're contenders, pretenders. I got some faces when I said the Packers. So I'm saying the Packers again. Pretenders or contenders for the Super Bowl, Green Bay Packers? Pretenders. Complete pretenders. Did anyone even watch that game on Sunday? They barely handled the Jacksonville Jaguars and Jake Luton. Awful. Absolutely awful by the Packers. They're fraudulent. At best, they're a divisional round team. At best. Beauty it's going to depend on the season. I'm kind of leaning pretenders as well. I just – they look a little flawed to me, like – why is Jacksonville hanging around? How do you let Detroit come in and put you down 14 early in the season when they're abysmal? You let Minnesota just run you down, run it down your throat. They're kind of, I'm getting the same vibe I did last year where I could have argued that they're the worst 13 and three team I'd ever seen. But they also were close in the NFC championship game. Well, are we considering it close when you get completely blown out of the water? I mean, yeah, they appeared in the NFC Championship game for the first quarter, but Jimmy G didn't even have to fucking throw the football in that game, and they dominated. Also, shout out to me to for now knowing that it was the Packers in the championship <laughs> game. And yeah. So um, we're learning. We're learning on this podcast, everybody. Okay, so Packers apparently pretenders. Let's let's flip switches to the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. We will start with. The beauty man, because the sleeping guy is gone again. Well, um, no pressure on me. It'll hold up the podcast here. However, if we're talking Super Bowl again, I'm going to call the Bills pretenders. I'm sorry. They're close, but they're just not there. I mean, statistically, their defense is, is not what we become accustomed to when we look at Sean McDermott football teams. Um, Brian Dable in that passing offense, though, is electric. However, Josh Allen still turning the ball over a couple, a few too many times each game. And when you play the upper echelon teams in the NFL, you can't afford to make those mistakes. They should have won in Arizona last week, and they blew two 14-plus point leads. Has the sleeping guy returned, or should I just continue? Uh, well, he's connecting to audio, but for some reason All right. he's in there twice. Liam, uh, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. We can. Well, that's 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 all that really matters at this point. Okay, uh, Liam, sleeping guys, Bills, pretenders or contenders? Oh, contenders! Actually, I uh, I literally said last week that they're pretenders, but I'm completely changing my take. Um, they look really good. They they've got completely shocked in Arizona, but. They're the favorite in the AFC East at this current point in time. So just to confirm, last week they were 
pretenders after they beat the Seahawks, but this week they lose to the Cardinals, and now they're contenders? Yes. Okay, good. Moving on. Way to, way to, way to clarify that for the listeners. <laughs> well, I just – I wasn't sure if I was confused or if – I mean, that was just – yeah. All right. Okay, moving to – I wouldn't say they lost, though. The Cardinals won. Mm-hmm. I I disagree. I really I really do disagree. They stole it late. However, Buffalo was inept in that second half. Josh couldn't hang on to the ball. They had so many chances to drive down and score, and he kept throwing horrible interceptions. And then Kyler got the lead late. He tried to steal it back. Great catch by Diggs on the sideline. Better catch by Nuke 34 seconds later. All right. Okay, speaking of the Cardinals, Cardinals, contenders or pretenders? Sleeping guy? Contenders. Yeah. Definitely contenders. No, pretenders. I'm sorry. I mean, they're they're wow. they're. A, uh, is any team a contender for the beauty man? The Pats, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have Bill Belichick at the helm, you're always a contender. But I mean, you're you're really gonna tell me that Hawkeye Cliff and Kyler are gonna win a Super Bowl in their second year in the NFL? I mean, come on, give me a break. They're electric. They're definitely flawed. I don't know if you can play that explosive all year round and just a shootout each week. Well, it's, it's not like they have to play like the 85 Bears or the 2013 Seahawks. Like, all, there's no dominant defense in the NFC. Like, I think so many teams are hot and cold that if you're in the mix, you're pretty much a contender at this point. Like, the best team in the NFC right now has Jameis Winston at the helm. The second best team just lost to said team by 40 points the week earlier. The third best team's has the MVP who's turned it over 10 times in four games. Like what is going on well, you're in that conference? That's the third best team. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Never mind. Sorry. No, the Seahawks. no I think he's talking about fucking Russell Wilson. You were talking about the Seahawks as the third best team in the NFC. Bold. They're not even, they're the third best team in their division, bro. Like give me a break. Well, it's the best division in the NFL. All right. Okay. Let's, uh, let's flip back to the AFC, the Colts. Now leading the AFC South, are the Colts contenders or pretenders? Contenders. Oh. I got them as contenders. I think um, check down Rivers can just ball control. And if they get that running game going, everyone's underestimating that defense. I mean, Baltimore beat them in a close one, but they just got to take care of the ball a little bit better. And I can see them playing really tight games up against Pittsburgh and Kansas City late down the stretch in January. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to file them away as pretenders because of one man and one man only. That is the the nine-time father, Philip Rivers, who is a zero-time Super Bowl appearance maker, which leaves him as a pretender in my books. He's had 17 to 18 to 19 years to get it done, and he can't get it done. And while, yes, they looked impressive on Thursday, but that's just a little bit of recency bias, I still don't have much faith in that team. But who are they going to have to beat coming through the AFC? I mean, he's got... He's got almost an even matchup with Patrick Mahomes head-to-head, and he's taking the cake right now head-to-head against Roethlisberger. Brady's not holding down the fort in New England where he's 0-9 against anymore, man. Like, is Rivers – is he the third-best quarterback in the conference? Well, I, well, Derek Carr's in the conference. Justin Herbert, Tua. Justin Josh Herbert? Allen. Justin Just Herbert? Josh- just because he slings it down the field and loses every game, you're going to – what? 
that sounds a lot like Philip Rivers' career, slinging it down the field and losing every game. Um, I just, I just think they're an absolute pretender. I mean, if you look at them against a matchup against the Steelers, like you're telling me Rivers is going to stand in there against that pass rush and not get craft kicked and turn it over a few times. And then against the Chiefs, you think he's going to be able to put up enough points against Patrick Mahomes and that offense? I just, they're just a the and I just check the stats. I've just told you the last two years he's beat the Chiefs once each year. He was like also those on a team. Teams were good. And he's got a very similar team. Running game, arguably best offensive line in the league, and statistically one of the better defenses in the NFL right now. Yeah, but the, the Colts are just playing a poo-poo schedule. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the Seahawks are strength schedules leading the league, right? Best win is the fucking Atlanta Falcons. We're talking about the Colts right now, okay? We're not talking about the Seahawks. Who's next? All right, okay, we're, we're, we're getting long, so I want one sentence. We have four teams left, one contender, contender, then one sentence on each. Okay, right. we'll start with the Finns. Beauty, man. Contender. Man, that defense, special teams, Flo's got him playing hard, and two is going to do just enough. All right, sleeping guy? Contender. To a tag of Iloa, equal sign Tom Brady. Brian Flores, equal sign, Bill Belichick, question mark. Oh, okay. That's oh, I wish I had more than one sentence to respond to that. Some wild, uh, wild takes from the sleeping guy, but nothing else new. Uh, the Raiders, contender, pretender. <laughs> sleeping guy. Oh, fuck. Uh, the pretender only because I said there are only two contenders in the AFC, and I just, I've already been too contradictory in this segment. <laughs> I'd ruin my own credibility. But I, I do like the Raiders better than I like the Colts. All right. Beauty man? Pretender. They're, they're inept on the defensive side of the ball. I really like how they take the air out, run the ball, pound the rock, but they can't play defense. All right. Okay, finishing with two NFC West teams, the Seattle Seahawks, contender, pretender, beauty man. Pretender. You can't have the worst passing defense in NFL history. And contend to win the Super Bowl. Sleeping guy? Contender. Uh, those, those holes will get patched up by Captain Pete Carroll, and we still have Russell Wilson. So I, I, I remain faithful in my team. All right. Uh, the Rams, contender, pretender. Sleeping guy, we'll start with you. Pretender. You can't play the Seahawks every week, all right? So they're pretenders. All right. Beauty man? 100% contender. I think they're the best team in the division. That defense has me a little nervous heading into this Monday night matchup against Tampa Bay. And Jared Goff's shown it to me more recently than Russell Wilson. He can get it done in the playoffs. All right. Okay. Well, that's our, that's our Man in the Middle segment. Um, some great, great points for, from both people. Uh, let us know who you think had the better predictions in the comments, please. I, I, would, I would probably <laughs> lean the beauty man because Liam uh, – Admittedly contradicted himself a few times, <laughs> in but uh, but I'll I'll leave it up to the viewers to decide. So he was also so intimidated by the head-to-head matchup again this week that he just disappeared multiple times. So so uh, sleeping guy, throw us to our first break. Yeah, all right, coming up we've got a little Jedi and Sith, everyone's favorite segment, uh, the aforementioned promised beauty man's rant, and most importantly. Is Tom Brady the Michigan man to lead the Wolverines back to relevance? Hello there. Welcome back to the Man in the Middle podcast, where we are mourning the loss of Dan Fouts' broadcasting career. 
Um, we'd like to welcome everyone back to the listeners' favorite segment, Jedi and Sith. Um, as the star of part two of the show today, myself, the sleeping guy, I'll get us going with the first Jedi of the week. And gentlemen, this week marks the 24th anniversary of maybe the greatest sports comeback of all time. A comeback etched into the mind of generations. A comeback that cemented GOAT status for one man. Got one animated character, the love of his life, and saved the Looney Tunes from a lifetime working on Moron Mountain. I'm talking about my Jedi of the Week, the movie Space Jam, celebrating its 24th anniversary. Providing us quotes such as, Fuck from Suckatash, or Where are the shorts? Or I said 10, boy. Something along those lines. It was the best movie as a child. It remains maybe the best movie as an adult. So, Space Jam, you are my Jedi of the Week. Also, shout out to that movie for having a lit-ass soundtrack. We'll always, uh, we'll always think about that soundtrack as one of my, one of my favorites. Um, but could it also be said that that Space Jam is on the hot seat because LeBron's is going to outdo it? Um, no, very much like LeBron's career compared to MJ's, it won't live up. All right. Well, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But moving on to my Jedi of the week, and it is LASIK eye surgery. Because everybody, Jameis is coming back. And ladies and gentlemen, he can fucking see now. He, uh, he finally got some LASIK, LASIK eye surgery. He's coming back in a big way. And Drew Brees fans, you better be you better be worried that this might be the end of his Hall of Fame career because let me tell you, Jameis can now see those linebackers that are five feet in front of him, and hopefully he's not going to throw as many picks right right to some linebackers. So my uh, my Jedi is LASIK eye surgery because I feel like it's going to be it's going to go up in a big way after everybody sees what Jameis can do. Yeah, I feel like, Kellen, we're at the crux of a modern-day Wally Pipp situation. Like, can Drew Brees ever get his job back at this point? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Beauty Man, do you have a Jedi? I certainly do. And this week, it is the only known remaining white giraffe. He was fitted for a GPS tracking system this week to protect him from those nasty poachers. This here, ladies and gentlemen, is the definition of survival of the fittest. Dude is literally, literally the last of his kind. Mad respect for his grit and determination through these trying times. I wish him many more days of being a beauty, eating from those tree chops and grazing the plains of Kenya. Moving on to my Sith of the Week, which takes me, which we discovered through our recent travels to the YYC. And this week, I'm calling out airlines. Because tough to find more of a ripoff rip off in this great nation than WestJet or Air Canada right now. Second spike of the Rona rounding into form, and these bastards are charging me more to fly one province over than it would cost to go to an all-inclusive five-star resort in Mexico for 10 fucking days. It's times like these that make me kind of regret my infidelity is to all those ghosts of girlfriends past. That friends and family discount would be MJ with the last shot kind of clutch right now. Air Canada, WestJet, you despicable sons of bitches, win this week's coveted award of my Sith of the Week. Wow. The Beast? It's, it's a good one because, yeah, it's especially Canadian Airlines. For those of you not from Dude, Canada. Nine, $971 round trip, four days. Yuck. 
the, the beauty man's never not like gone for farther than like 40k away from his house without having a travel mishap yeah well hey traveling's tough out there it's, it's a fucking grind you gotta wear a mask yeah my mask isn't even acceptable right now although it's cooler than those other ones i just booked i i booked mine home from toronto and i actually got got some decent deals so um i can't it's yeah but it's the last minute i mean there's nobody on the fucking plane anyways why am i paying so much to be here that's the weird part all right how many beers did you have in the airport um well unfortunately they were closed so i couldn't have my pre-flight brew fortunately as i um, suspected such unforeseen circumstances, I snuck a few weasels at home before I got in the cab. Oh, beautiful. Remains um, undefeated. But that leads me to my Sith of the Week, and mine is actually in-house. And my Sith of the Week is the Beauty Man. <laughs> because... Uh-oh. Because... What... Liam, Liam, take me back a couple weeks. <laughs> what, what was the Beauty Man's the beauty man's rant about it not last week's but the week before it had to do with a certain nfc north team oh the bears yeah and do you remember him saying something about he would never bet on a matt nagy led offense ever again <laughs> yes i do actually so we're we're having a chat yesterday and i say who do you like and he he goes i've I'm putting my last money in the gambling account on the Bears. And I said, I tried to convince him. I tried to warn him. I said, the Bears, you said you'd never bet on them again. Matt Nagy, I was trying to be a good friend, but he was confident. So my sift of the week is, is the beauty man for going against his own rant. That's, well, I, I got to call him out. I thought after Nagy listened to the pod and fired himself, things might turn around. And in my defense, things – that game played out exactly as I had planned, other than the fact that Anthony Miller dropped that fucking pass because, of course, Nick Foles just missed it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You gotta All call right. a spade a spade sometimes, you know. Yeah. Well, that's. I guarantee that won't be the first time the Beauty Man's assist of the week. <laughs> it's Which not. It's already to... the second time. <laughs> nice. these five episodes. Nice. Well, you break you break a tie you break a tie with <laughs> Eric Felber. Um. Anyways. Coming up, we've got uh, my Sith of the Week, and that would be app updates. Now, nice. back in my day, Facebook was for your parents, Instagram was for your photos and looking at chicks, and Twitter was for your thoughts. And then I wake up yesterday morning, and all of a sudden I got stories on Twitter. What? And on Instagram, I've got messaging links with Facebook, and all of a sudden, when people are coming out to Yang Yang trying to talk to me, I have had it with app updates. I want bring back the old days when we were just texting or sending some MSN messages. Nexopia, anyone? Whatever. But back in my day, at least I could tell them apart. Yeah, it's uh, not a huge fan of the fleets, I gotta say, either. You know, how, what are you guys feeling? Have you have you guys updated Twitter and you have you got fleets yet? Yeah, I got some fleets. I'm not a big fan. No, I know. I know the beauty man is anti-social media in general these days, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm off all platforms. So the fleets suck. Are we, just, again, they might become a thing, but. Let's just all be let's just all be happy. We can confidently say we've never posted a Facebook story. Uh, shout out, shout out, Ben. Shout Lawrence. Out ben Lawrence. 
I think he's got one up there right now. Yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me. All right. Uh, well, that's Jedi and Sith. Uh, sleeping guy, what happened in the world of football this week? Well, it truly was a worldly week in football as it was the international break carried on, which led us to a match yesterday between two of soccer's traditional powers. España, led by their legendary captain, Sergio Ramos, versus a German side that Nye won the World Cup back in 2014. Both these teams, while it was the Nations League, they did have something to play for. And expecting a tight, closely contested match, I was instead treated to another shocking result of 2020 when Spain handed Germany its heaviest defeat since 1930. Quite some time ago in the history of the Germans. Big, some big events in between then and now. 6-0. A drubbing the size of the one that the Germans themselves had laid on Brazil back in 2014. It was called a look-in-the-mirror moment for Yogi Lowe and his team. And it has led to calls for the return of Kellen, your boy, Jerome Boateng, to the German national team in defense. And Spain has marked its territory as maybe a possible favorite for next summer's Euro 2020 championship. Yes, you heard that right. The Euro 2020s in 2021. It was a great week for football. The excitement is brewing for some international showdowns. Kellum, you know, maybe we'll even get some penalty shootouts, our favorite times, and some big bets. So that's talking soccer this week. Well, shout out Portugal for for a big comeback comeback win against uh, the Croatians, if I'm not mistaken. Sleeping. Kellum, you are not mistaken, but unfortunately, your boy Ronaldo remains. I think it's six or seven goals back of the all-time international scoring record. Well, he's got he's got. The, the Nations Cup, he's got next year's Euros. This, I mean, this year's Euros. They're coming up, I guess. And They're coming up. He'll get there. He'll get there. Oh, yeah. He'll get there for sure. Um, all right. And it's time for uh, a listener favorite, the Beauty Man's Rant, coming to you this week from Calgary, Alberta, the Beauty Man. All right. It's official. I've officially had enough with all these bullshit, horrendous, disrespectful, and downright blasphemous takes. ESPN and all your talking heads need to shut the fuck up or provide an employee protection program within the state of Massachusetts because Patriot Nation will stand for this slander no more. I mean, this is a big indictment on Bill Belichick, and That's maybe tough. Bill Belichick, you know, the general manager should be fired and on the hot seat. The- Over the past two decades, the NFL has been dominated. I repeat, dominated by one franchise. 17 out of 20 division titles, nine conference championships, and six Super Bowls. From 2010 to 2019, Bill and company won an NFL record 131 professional football games, surpassing the previous record of 126 wins set by none other than Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots from 2000 and 2009. Fast forward to present day, when we are halfway through an NFL season unlike any before, no preseason, restructured playoff seating, and oh, who can forget? A fucking global pandemic. Now, Bill was not situationally prepared for the challenge that 2020 presents, but over the first half of the season, I hear nothing but the so-called experts clamoring for Bill, the GM, to fire himself for not providing Bill, the head coach, with enough overall talent on the roster. Now, maybe it's all the concussions or the sneaky weasels have caught up to me, but how fucked in the head does one have to be to institute these takes? Claiming that bad boy Bill can't put together a roster is like bragging about being the least racist at the Klan rally. 
everyone's entitled to their own opinion. We get zero brownie points from me for being the tallest midget. Now, there's no denying that over the past NFL drafts, the treasure chest has been empty for New England, but lest we forget that when you have the last selection each round, every year, you are literally selecting players that every other team in the league has surpassed. Haters going to hate, but Bill will always be the greatest. This segment has been brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Pilsner. Sneak a weasel, but be careful. The weasels do not sneak up on you. Does, it, uh, does the rant feel any different now that you're drinking traditional Saskatchewan Pilsner versus Sneaky we- Weasel Pilsner? Well, um, I our sponsors at Sneaky Weasel will not be happy to hear that, so thanks for <laughs> suing me there. But, um, you know, when you're back in the YYC, you got to kick it back to your, to your old brews, and uh, the black ice is just is no longer on the menu. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's fair. It was a hell of a... Elba Rant, was that uh, Marcus Spears in? That's Bart Scott. Oh, that was Bart Scott. Okay, yeah. okay. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to leave it at that. A former New York Jet. Yeah. That's a uh... former Patriot. Well, for a half a season. And then he got, he got the snip. He was, just getting, he was just getting given Bill the Jets intel anyway. Yeah, he was there to give them their defensive playbook, maybe work with the young guns because, you know, Bill's, Bill's busy crafting game plans, winning world championships. He can't be coaching up the rookies day to day. But Bart hung around for about six, seven weeks, and he got the can. Turns out he's still pissed off about it. All right. Well, uh, help a rant. And that leads us to uh, this week's Big J question of the week. So this, this week, in honor of our boy, Mark Colombo, fighting his boss, Joe Judge. Um, there's some dispute on whether they actually fought. Uh, Kim Jones, who's a B reporter for the Giants, says that apparently they didn't actually get into a physical altercation. His boss just called, or Colombo called Judge, and I quote, one of the dirtiest words in the English language. I'll leave that up to the viewers to decide what exactly that means. But the Big J question of the week is, if the three of us on the pod had to individually fight one NFL head coach, who would A, you most think you could beat, and B, who you would least want to fight? I could have worded that a bit better, but you get the point. Who do you think you could kick their ass, and who do you think would kick your ass? There we go. That's a little better. All right. Yeah, um, that, was, that was better. Not like your fathers and English teacher yeah, or anything like that. However, um, very I'm going to start with who I know for sure could kick my ass. And that um, was a man who I truly believe could still set the edge in the NFL, <laughs> maybe even catch some touchdown passes. Mike Brabel. I will not fuck with Mike Brabel. But I could kick the shit out of Pete Carroll. Like that guy is old, <laughs> his washed, his defense. I mean, yeah, the best thing is, though, is that no matter how many times you beat down Pete, he's just going to get up, and he's going to try and win it with positivity. I'm just going to keep pounding him into the dirt. All right, sleeping guy, any rebuttal? Well, it's tough to beat up on a senior citizen, but that's not out of character for the beauty. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I picked the oldest coach in the league. Yeah, it's, it's smart. It's smart. Um, I will say, so first and foremost, yeah, I mean, Mark Colombo, you can't just go around calling people jive turkeys like that. That's just terrible. <laughs> and then second, um, the coach that I can beat up historically, I would say Lou Holtz. I would kick his ass for sure. Um, 
current, NFL head. current, not not eighty five year old men. <laughs> well, the baby back in that wheelchair, and he's got an oxygen tank. So, honestly, it might even still be a close competition. Anytime, any place, I'll kick Lou Holtz's ass. Um, <laughs> second, I think more it's more of a stamina game, and I'm sorry to say it's a big walrus, but if you put us in 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 the ring, I don't think he'd be able to keep up with my quickness, and I could wear him down and kick his ass. Oh no! And then the coach, the coach who's definitely kicking my ass, besides all of them, I would most likely say. Probably John Gruden. I think that if you got him too fired up, he'd see red, and I don't think you'd ever see me again. So that would be the coach that would kick my ass. That's that's actually probably fair. I, I don't know. I might put my money on the walrus. I might put my money on Andy Reid. He, he could give you a big belly butt. You wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to hit him hard enough. Unless you're no, I think if I could get him off his legs, he'd have trouble to get, getting back up. Yeah. yeah, I'd roll around there for a little bit. I think Tomlin... Tomlin would be a good out too, but um, it's just intense, you know. It'd be be tough to fight someone with such tenacity. I would However, honorable with... mention for whom's ass I could kick, Adam Gase, because she never wins at anything. So. Well, what yeah. the fuck? That's what that was gonna be mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was gonna be my guy. I think if I had to pick one guy to fight, I'm I'm picking Adam Gase. I think yeah, just because he's a perennial loser, you yeah, know. So and he's, he's just... just like he's got those crazy eyes, but like. I don't think he's. I don't think he's ever been in a real fight in his life. Um, uh, guy, I would not want to fight. Uh, I mean, Vrabel would probably be up there for me as well. But uh, I don't think I'd want to take on Flo. I, yeah, he, I was gonna say he kind of. He's a young guy. Looks like he's in good shape. He he's pretty intense. I I wouldn't want to step in the ring with him. That's for sure. So, uh, Flo, I love the love the John Gruden pick, Liam. <laughs> Do you okay? Here's another question: Us three versus John and Deuce Gruden. Who's winning? <laughs> Deuce, Deuce, easy peasy. No, I say, it's a it's a three it's a team match. It's us three versus John and Deuce. Do you think? Do you think the extra body we win? No, I don't think so. I think yeah, Deuce, we go, I, boys. Boys, knock on wood if you're with me. We we got this shit. We can do it. No, the beauty man literally looked at me like or four days ago and said he tried to do a, a hit workout and almost died and i and so i i i doubt his stamina in this fight i will say though one coach whose ass i think we're all kicking matt Nagy. his bald ass just looks like a, a, a sissy you know what no i 100 percent could kick Matt Nagy's ass right now <laughs> just based off pure fucking rage yeah <laughs> the money he's cost me oh that motherfucker <laughs> hey what do you think about the young pretty boys in the nfc west Kingsbury, Shanahan, McVay. Who do you think is the easiest matchup? Who do you think is the toughest? I think Hot Guy Cliff is a little soft. Like he he wouldn't want to mess up his his manicure. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, I can see being scrappy just because you know his dad was a football coach. He he probably grew up around it. Um, and Sean McVay, I think, would be the most difficult because I picture him like. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes, where that beautiful mind of his just sees my moves before I make. Wow. I mean, he is a genius, but um, it's it's offensive you didn't mention Young at Heart, Pete Carroll, in that group of spry gentlemen. I think you'd Bob Barker if you were those guys with asses. But I, I would say I'd definitely be the most afraid of Sean. Another one, 
yeah no he's he'd he'd scare me for sure he's pretty intense another guy that would scare me to get in a ring with is mike zimmer because i think he might just pull out a knife honestly like oh I, yeah zimmer's crazy wasn't he like coaching blind for a little while there and just gave no fucks who knows with that guy but that's been kellen's J, big J question of the week oh, yeah, what about jerry jones <laughs> we can do owners next week <laughs> yeah nice yeah i i still can't believe the lou holt shout out sleeping guy just looking for the easiest path out all the time <laughs> well i can kick his ass <laughs> i right. bet i i think coach o would be the coach i'd least want to face in a yeah. fight though that's probably he's a he's a thick boy all right well, well you can fight ray baker let us know who you would want to kick whose ass you would want to kick and Who's at, who would kick your ass? Um, Sleepy Guy, throw us to our last and final break. All right, yeah, so coming up, we're going to kiss some more ass on the Man in the Middle podcast. Hello there. All right, and we're back here on uh, Mike Leach's Pirate Ship, the final segment of the Man in the Middle podcast where we have some game picks. And, Kellen, why don't you lead us through, starting us off with probably the biggest game of the week, or shall we discuss our records first? Yeah, we should probably we should probably give the listeners an update on the records. Um, the be- the beauty man is doing well this this uh, this year. We got to give it to him. He had another over five hundred week, um, and this week it was actually me, the beast, who was Mister Five Hundred, with the sleeping guy actually having a nine and five record to tie the Stop beauty account with with also nine and five. So he didn't gain any on the leader, but he he stayed he stayed within striking distance. Meanwhile, I was exactly 500 with seven and seven, mainly due to my my love for Drew Locke, and I just can't quit him. I gotta fucking stop pay, taking Drew Locke. You have my word, listeners. I will not take the Broncos this week. Um, but any any uh, any thoughts on the on the records, boys? The total records for this season: Beauty Man 45 and 25, myself 43 and 27, and the Sleeping Guy. 38 and 32 so he's he's getting above 500 folks so um any thoughts boys yeah um things are as i expected the only real surprise from my end is that uh my lead's not bigger at this current moment in time all right well spoken by the humble one um (laughs) i'd like to think that i'm a second half team so i'm 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 right in the mix all right perfect well let's get right into it with one of the best matchups of the week, big NFC West showdown between two, six, and three teams. The Cardinals going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Sleeping guy, do you like your Seahawks this week? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I do. I do expect the Seattle Seahawks to write the ship on Thursday night football due to one secret that only Seahawks fans know. We're wearing our action green jerseys in prime time. And the Seahawks are undefeated in those. We're using all of our little tricks to try to get back atop the NFC West. I think you can ride with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks and Nick Petros' favorite guy to beat up after school, Pete Carroll. You know, in a sudden turn of events, I'm going to agree with the sleeping guy this week. I think the Cardinals are a better team. They got a better chance to compete for a playoff spot, but off um, victory with such an emotional high, I can't see them being locked in and they return to the facility Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. The game's on Thursday. The Seahawks could not have been worse the last two weeks. I think they're going to right the ship at home. 
they should have won the last matchup. I'm on the Hawks this week. I got I got Kyler, boys. I I, I think he's gonna tear up that Seahawks defense. Um, I think what Seahawks defense? Exactly. So I think they struggle with they struggle with any offenses, but they struggle especially with mobile quarterbacks. I think so. Uh, did love what I saw from Jamal Adams. Dunlap was non-existent last week. I, is he even on the team these days, Liam? I because I didn't see him last week. I saw him selling houses on Twitter. <laughs> so I've got the Cardinals. Moving into Sunday, Titans-Ravens in an interesting one. Tennessee going to Baltimore. I've, I like the Ravens. I know they didn't look great against the, the Pats, but, I mean, it was a monsoon. I think their offense gets a little bit better. Titans didn't show me much, so I've got the Ravens. Anybody taking the Titans on the road? Well, as the resident Titans uh, insider on this one, I have to think that um, I'd love to take the Titans, but I can't take the Titans. Um, you just have to look at the body as a work. I mean, unfortunately, you run into a monsoon every once in a while in football, and it ruins your offense. Uh, hopefully the center can get the snap back to Lamar this week. But for the Titans, I mean, let's, not fa- let's face the facts, ladies and gentlemen. They're fading. So I'm going to have to go with the Ravens. Yeah, the Titans, they are fading. However, they played last Thursday night. They've been sitting around trying to get healthy, that power running game. I have not forgotten what they did to Baltimore in Baltimore when there was fans in the stands last year in the divisional round. I'm going to roll with Mike and King Henry to get the W in Baltimore this weekend. Pound that rock. All right. Well, first, uh, the Titans for the, for the beauty man. I didn't see it coming, but I like it. Um, Lions going to the Panthers. Now, this is always the tough part about picking on the pod and having it stick to your record because Matthew Stafford, torn ligament in his hand. He's expected to play, but nothing's certain. That really changes because it's Chase Daniel versus Matt Stafford. Um, but we got to pick him now, boys. So either you, you roll with the Lions in the hope that Matthew Stafford plays or you, you roll with the Panthers. And I don't even know if Teddy B's going to play. Both of these quarterbacks are up in the air. So it's a tough one to pick right now. There's no line, um, but we got to do it. So who wants to start? Do we have a McCaffrey update? He is out. McCaffrey is officially out. McCaffrey officially out. Don't care. I like Carolina. I think they're the bad, good team. I mean, they contended for two quarters against the Bucks last week. Damn near beat the Chiefs the week before in Kansas City's own barn. The Lions are what we think they are. Okay, let's not overthink it. All right. Um, well, sleeping guy? You know, I um, every year it seems that Matthew Stafford has always stayed today, but uh, he always seems to show up on Sunday. And I, I think the Lions are coming around, and mostly I'd like to see them rolling into Thanksgiving to get us something to look forward to at 9.30 a.m. on the West Coast. We're putting the bird in the oven next Thursday there, Mr. Beauty Man. So I'm going with the Lions. All right. Well, I, I kind of like it, but I'm going to ride with the Panthers too. I think they're the more complete team. So I'll go Carolina. Um, but it's going to be tight. I mean, again, it all comes down to what quarterbacks play. If they one plays and the other doesn't, it's going to be tough for the other team, but we'll see. Now in kind of a, like I didn't, not too excited for this game, but Eagles going to Browns. Neither of these teams excite me that much, but Eagles, 
Browns. Anybody like the Eagles? I like their jerseys. That counts for anything, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm on the Brownies. Brownies are good at home. Brownies, bad, good team. Yeah, and I like their running game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, probably the best duo running backs in the league. Pound that rock. Hopefully we get some inclement weather again and we can hammer the under. <laughs> Sleeping guy, you believe in the, the Eagles? I would love to blast some Rocky music right now for the underdog, but unfortunately <laughs> I'm going to ride with the Brownies as well. All right. Pats, Texans. In, in a game that the beauty man has seen in Houston, in the stadium, unfortunately this time for the Patriots, Tom Brady is not under center, but it is Cam Newton. And he looked a little better last week. Still not amazing, but he did, he did some things. But Obi-Wan Jacoby may be the best thrower of the ball there. Um, Pat's going to Houston. I like the Patriots. I think they're going to get it done. I think they're rolling a bit. Uh, what about you guys? Well, this is an absolute stay away for gambling purposes. You just you don't know what you're getting with either of these two teams on a week-to-week basis. I will say, though, that Damian Harris has looked quite impressive over the last few weeks, and that gives the Patriots a semblance of a ground game alongside Cam Newton. And the Texans' defense has been absolutely abysmal this year. I think Bill and Co. will have a plan to lock down Deshaun Watson and his lack of options. Once again, the glaring hole of DeAndre Hopkins will be well, well, there's just no way to paper over it on the Texans' offense. So I'm going to take the Patriots. Yeah, I gotta give um, gotta give a shout out to Josh and what he's doing with that offense. They have discovered that if you don't let Cam throw up more than 15 times a game, you can contend with the best of them. So I see that trend continuing. I'd like to put a stake um, in the claim for the Patriots' offensive line, best in the league. Whoa. Tell me it isn't. I'm going to ride with the Pats this week for no other reason that um, they're not the Jacksonville Jaguars, so Houston can't beat them. Yep. Right. Time for you to gamble on them, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I've been told never to let you do that, so you're not allowed to bet on the Pats. Well, at least you stated that for the record this time because, yeah. Been there, covered it. Okay, Steelers, Jags. We can move on. Next. Kellen, who did you pick in, in Patriots, Texans? Pa- Patriots. I took the Patriots right off the top. We all t- wow, we're all on the pass. We're all on the pass. Man, this could be such a major overreaction from them just sneaking out. A, uh... Yeah, but I just – I watched the whole Texas game last week. They're not good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, Kel. That was not fun. I was there with you. I know. We had we had too much money on that. But it was it was good when we, when we when it panned out. We made all that coin. Yeah. Um, oh man, Nick, that that was a great undercall. You made you made everybody some money. Yeah. Shot, uh, yeah. Props to the beast too. We we cooked it up together. He was on the the Texans originally, but he was like my he was my man in the my man in the booth. You know, giving me the stats, the weather updates. I checked a couple defensive stats. Texans um, can't stop a nosebleed on the ground game and. The return of Nick Chubb. It was unfortunately I had punched one bet on the Texans before without really looking at the weather and hearing the Beauty Man's update. But I'm glad I I talked to him at least at least won some money on that game. But enough about that game. Falcon Saints. We got Jameis. Anybody believe in the Falcons, or is Jameis, or or do we think Jameis is going to be too much for him? 
Please, can you reiterate the location of this game? I'm a little confused. It is in, in New Orleans. New Orleans. Well, I believe in the Falcons, guys. Call me crazy, wow. but um, the coachless team in the league coming off a bye, they're, they've showed some success with Raheem at the helm, and um, I just think, I think they're going to put up some points. Matty Ice and company might be a little too much to handle for Jameis to keep up with in his first week back. Yeah, my captain obvious take is that uh, Jameis will keep both teams in it. And I, I think that I'm just – I'm going to go with the beauty man and ride with the Falcons. Well, I got to put my money where my mouth is. I said, I said LASIK was my Jedi. So I think Jameis is going to get the job done. I'm on the Jameis train. It's always a wild ride. You pay you – get, you get the enter- bang for your buck in terms of, in terms of entertainment value when you, when you ride the Jameis train. So – I'm on the Jameis train. Bengals, Washington football team. The Bungles are going to Washington in probably probably the stinkiest matchup of the of the week. But I mean, Joe Burrow is exciting. I I like the Bengals. I like the Bengals going to Washington. Alex Smith showed some stuff last week. Do you think? I know Sleeping Guy liked him. Sleeping Guy, you going with Washington? Well, I think one thing to consider this time of year in the Northeast is going to be the weather on Sunday. Um, it's going to be important for the listener out there to check the forecast, as this will have a big effect on the game. I think the, the, for, the team formerly known as a very offensive Native American term will, will be able to run the ball more proficiently than the Bungles. And I like their defense. So I'm, I'm going to go with the professional football team, staying in the race for the NFC East. All right, all right. I could not agree with you more, Beast, when you called this the stinkiest matchup of the week. However, um, for no other reason than they're no fun to watch. I'm just a group of amateurs playing on a football team. I'm going to go with Joey Covers and the Bengals. All right. Um, Dolphins, Broncos. It's a no-brainer for me. Fuck the Broncos. Can't. <laughs> They've screwed me too many times. And I love the Finns. So this is a no-brainer for me. I'm taking the Finns. Anybody believe? Drew Locke, questionable to play. It's only a minus three spread, which I'm kind of shocked about. Thought it would be a little bit more for the Finns. Anybody taking the Broncos? No. Okay. Well, yeah, then I thought maybe the sleeping guy would do something crazy there because he's known to think outside the box every once in a while. But, yeah, let's go flow to a – Gonna keep well, going. Might be to his first time in the altitude, but uh, I think they'll be prepared. I think they're gonna. They're a team built for bad weather. Great defense, play tough on special teams, yeah. and just try not to turn it over on O. Yeah, they're a bear weather team. In in another pretty stinky matchup, honestly, I, I didn't see this one, but it's close. Maybe not quite as much, but Jets Chargers, the Chargers. I think they finally can find a way to win, but I'm not super confident about it, but I think they do. I think they're the better team. They have a, they have a ton of talent. They just can't get the job done. So I like the Chargers at home on the fast turf. Anybody believe the Jets, this is where the Jets get their first win? Well, I'd like to introduce a new segment called the Sleeping Guy Stat of the Week. And gentlemen, there are three teams in the NFL that have, lost, that have not lost by more than one score of the season. That would be the 9-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, the 8-1 Kansas City Chiefs, and the 2-7 Los Angeles Chargers. So um, I'm going to go 
with the Chargers both up. Nice. I'm right there with you. I hope they're in their power of blues and Herbert's slinging it. And um, Adam Gase does what he does best and loses. All right. Now everyone's on the Chargers. Uh, in probably the best matchup of the afternoon slate, Packers-Colts, two division leaders. Green Bay going to Indianapolis, though. Um, matchup of a good offense versus a good defense. Anybody feeling one way or the other strongly? Well, in the Fraud Bowl of 2020, I think I'm going to have to lean with the Colts. All right. I'm going to take the Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers getting more weapons back. Uh, I'm a little scared. Devontae Adams is not practicing today. So if he doesn't play, it might be a little tougher. But I still like the Packers. I'm I'm going to go Green Bay. I think with Devontae being just a little banged up and um, the Colts having such a stout defense, Darius Leonard, man, sideline to sideline. I don't know if there's a better linebacker in the league right now. I think that running game is going to get shut down for no reason than just him. And I'm not impressed with what Green Bay's done uh, defending the rushing attack on their own end. So I think um, that stout offensive line in Indianapolis and Phillip Rivers, if he just doesn't blow it, Colts win. I'm going to ride with Indy. All right. Um, Cowboys coming off a bye. Looks like Andy Dalton should be back, even though I kind of like Garrett Gilbert better. How is Gilbert not getting the start? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of wondering. But I think well, I guess McCarthy's the head coach, so that all makes sense. If Dalton plays, if Dalton's activated, which I think he is going to be, I think he gets the start. So anybody like Andy Dalton led Cowboys against the Vikings in Minnesota? No. No, I no. I, I like Vikings, especially with Dalvin Cook against that Cowboys defense. Yikes. Yeah, I guess we've had some time, some space from the Cowboys in their shit defense, which is worse than the Seahawks. Well, close. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that Cowboys might that might be your best victory of the year. Never mind. I don't talk too much noise. Yeah. Um, we also night. beat the Vikings, <laughs> who Sweet are man. also not that good. And the Finns. The best. Your best win was the Dolphins, but that yeah, was pre two a Dolphins. Yeah. That Congratulations. Was Hang a banner. Before the Finns were the Finns, so um, we've made fun of a lot right. on the city right. so, uh, The Seahawks don't have a signature win yet. Or sleeping guy, you're disconnecting every 15 minutes. It's really, sorry, the seat's a little warm. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I think I'm on the sack watch this week, Adam Gase and I. Yeah, you yeah. are officially on the hot seat. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> you, need me, you need me and my connection. No longer the star of the show. But... <laughs> no, it, it's now the beast. Um, yeah, I, I do need you. I do need the beauty bed. Okay, Sunday nighter, Chiefs Raiders. Do can the Raiders go two and zero against the Chiefs? They're in. They're in the Death Star, boys. I want to pick them so bad, but no, no. I think that they got caught. Chiefs got caught napping a little bit last time, and the Raiders made some plays in the third quarter of that game that really, really flipped it. Um, I like Kansas City to right the ship this week. Yeah, if one football player can use the force, it's Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs too. Minus seven spread. Does anybody like the Raiders to cover? I actually think they could cover. Mm-hmm. If they get, it's all going to depend if they, can, if they can get the ground game going. All right. Well, and arguably the, the game of the, 
the game of the week um, might be a little arguably. Come on, might be a little biased here, but no it's argument here. Number two. It's I know number the, two. I know the beauty man. Yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. Two of the best games are the very first game on the Thursday night and the Monday nighter. But Rams going to Tampa Bay and taking on the Bucks. Both teams with big wins last week. Uh, statement wins. Beauty man, I know. I'm assuming you're taking the Bucks. You are assuming correctly. Uh, and everyone can assume I'm I'm taking the Rams. I loved, I loved what the defense showed. Especially that gives me enough faith. I'm a little nervous about the offense going down there into uh, that Tampa Bay against that fast defense. No, what you're nervous is about is uh, the blitz and yeah. the fact that Goff runs crying. Every time well, he sees the zero blitz. All, it, he probably will, but it all comes down to what kind of game plan McVay designs up. That three-headed running trio looks pretty good. I think, I think they might be able to run the ball a bit, so hopefully that sets up some play action. But sleeping guy, break the tie. Who do you like? Yeah, unfortunately, Jared Goff actually has to play a team that will feel the competent defense this week. They can get pressure in his face, and we've all seen that story too many times in his career, so I'm going heavily on the bus. Yeah, not gonna not gonna dispute that too much, but those are our head-to-head picks, uh, boys. It's time to win win the people some money, even though I don't think any of us did last week. So, um, who wants to start first with their big gambling picks? I'll go first, and um, we had a historic moment this week, ladies and gentlemen, because, um, well, it's my own fault, but I doubted Bill Belichick. And I put the Ravens in the can't lose parlay. And for the first time ever, we lost. So here we are. I'm not sure what to think of myself, but um, it's not how many times you fall down, it's how many times you can get back up. So we're ready and we're rallying and we're riding with Bill this week. You're going to get the Patriots going to Houston because they're not Jacksonville. Houston can't beat them. You said it again. You hear it first. You're going to put the Steelers in there as well. And because Jared Goff's a scared little boy. We're going to wait till Monday night and put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this week's can't lose parlay. There will be no underdog parlay because I don't have the funds in my gambling account to cook that this week. So take what you can get, the easy money, and run. All right. Well, uh, we'll move into the underdog parlay from, from the beast. And I apologize last week. It went 0-3. <laughs> We were close on the Bills game, but we obviously got cooked by Kyler and Nuke. But this week, boys, you're going to bet a, a, a small amount of money. And you're going to win a big amount. And here it is. Get it while it's hot. Because the Bungles are going to go into Washington and beat the Washington football team. You parlayed that with a little Thursday night action. And the Cardinals taking on the Seahawks. And then you add that with Aaron Rodgers going to Indianapolis and beating the Colts. Tell me how that loses. They're all underdogs. You're getting great odds. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, you're going to bet a small amount, and you're going to win a big amount. <laughs> Sleeping guy, what do you got? Well, well, BSB, I'll appreciate you donating to the people during this, the holiday season. I also would like to help all the listeners buy presents for all. So what you're going to do on Thursday night, you're going to look at that Seahawks-Cardinals game and you're going to realize that there's no defense played in the desert a few weeks ago and there will be no defense played in Seattle this week. You're going to take 
the over 57 and a half points. And then you're going to march right on over to the Dolphins game, and you're going to take the money line with the Finns. And finally, you're going to add in another rookie. Justin Herbert is going to get a W for the Chargers, and you're going to win all of your Christmas presents. That is my parlay of the week. You know what, sleeping guy? That is honestly the first parlay I've heard you cook in arguably 18 months that I agree with. So props to you, buddy. I'm on board with that one. Nice. Thanks. Well, Thank you. Uh, that's our show, everybody. Enjoy tomorrow night's game. Should be a good one. Uh, go cards go, I think. Um, and then enjoy the Sunday slate. And then the Monday nighter game of the week should be, should be an ultimate showdown. So uh, that's all for me on out here in the East. Say goodbye, boys. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys look forward to a special holiday edition of the Man in the Middle podcast next week, where the beauty man, the beast side, will discuss some of our favorite Thanksgiving traditions. Love you guys.